Well, Patricia, you're 24. You just got out of secular university yep. and you're a brand new speaker for Answers in Genesis Canada. That's a, there, there's got to be a story behind that. So that's what we're going to talk about, right? All right. Oh, okay. yes. Good. So I know a little bit about this, but uh, the people listening would not. So how did you get exposed to Answers in Genesis, the concept of apologetics? Why did you get excited about that? Just fill us in on the background there. For sure. So I didn't used to care about apologetics or creation or any of that sort of thing. I thought that those fossil collections that you see in museums are kind of cute, but just a hobby for someone somewhere, really. <laughs> but then when I was 14, I went to this homeschool convention where I heard this guy called Ken Ham was going to be speaking. And I didn't know much about him, but I got right. there and he starts talking about creation and the importance of Genesis and especially biblical authority and how the Bible starting from its beginning needs to be the foundation for every area of our thinking, right. including how we think about origins. And before then, I cared a lot about issues like social justice and missions and the church's future and things like that. Right. I knew those were important and I knew the gospel in general was important, but I didn't get how that connected to the fossils and okay. to creation and everything like that. So you're so. like this idealistic 14 year old and and you just want to want the world to be better and 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 justice to happen and all that stuff but so he linked those concepts of where our christian morality or ethics even come from yeah exactly so right. when i realized that all of that really does depend on genesis and the biblical authority in general right. i decided that i wanted to be an apologetic speaker <laughs> and i couldn't imagine why all my friends who had heard didn't also want to want to be apologetic speakers right, so i right. think that was kind of the moment when god really called me to creation ministry right so oh that's awesome so what did you do i mean you're 14 you're all excited about apologetics what, what what's your avenue of exploring that what what did what, you get up to right well i knew i needed to study science at some level if i wanted to learn more about evolution right so I decided that I wanted to do biology at university and I love science to begin with anyway, right. so it was pretty natural. So I wasn't sure whether I wanted to go to a Christian university or a secular one, but I knew that either way I would have to start looking at apologetics resources to prepare myself for that. Mm. So, well, And you'd been exposed to Answers in Genesis, so obviously we have a lot of apologetics resources. So did you do a lot of reading? Do you do a lot of online checking out articles, uh, videos? Was that what you kind of, the rabbit hole you dove down? Yeah, for sure. So from the conference, we got like connected with some Answers in Genesis resources. So yeah. I started looking at those a bit and uh, the websites, of course. Yeah. So I started equipping myself in that way. And then also just helping out at any like um, conferences where there was going to be apologetic speakers. I tried to volunteer and like sneak in and listen to them. Right. So yeah. I just started um, really devouring as much material as I could in that sense. And also my parents suggested that if I was going to study science, I should get connected to a mentor who mm. is a scientist, but also a Christian and a biblical creationist that right. I could talk to who could answer my questions about biology and studying at university. Yeah. So, And you got connected with Dr. Margaret Helder. That's right. So she's quite the powerhouse PhD in biology. She actually leads the creation uh, science group out in, in Alberta. So you just, what, you stroll up to her door and <laughs> ring the doorbell? What did you do? Well, yeah. So my mom just told me that, oh, uh, there's this lady called Dr. Helder. You should really meet her. She helps with the creation association here in Alberta. Right. So I looked her up and there's just this email address. And my mom's like, yeah, you should definitely email. <laughs> and say what? And she's like, just ask if you can bring a list of questions about the Bible and science and biology and see right. if she's willing to talk to you. So I thought, okay, mom, I wasn't really <laughs> sure if it would work out. But, you know, I'd, I'd learned that it's important to seek learning opportunities and make friends and listen to your mom. Because so, <laughs> you're homeschooled, right? That's right. So you got to listen to mom. Yeah. She's so, mom and the teacher. Yeah. So I sent her an email and she's like, yeah, I'd love to talk to you. So that was, that was encouraging. So 
I showed up, I had this list of questions in a notebook and I knock on her door and yeah. just went into this really cool living room with floor to ceiling books and this right. fossil up there on the shelf. And it's like, wow, yeah. someday I want a bookshelf like that with a fossil on it. <laughs> so yeah, we had a great conversation and she encouraged me to come again. And right. yeah, I just kept coming back for years. For years. Mm -hmm. I, so if you got challenged when you're in university, you had a place to go to talk to an actual scientist that could say, yeah, you know, I've walked through that fire before you. Uh, I've dealt with all these challenges, but look at what the word of God says. And did she always point you back to there? I would imagine she did knowing Dr. Helder. Yeah, she had like the scriptures and then also tons of resources. So she'd go, oh, this blogger has written about this from their background in right. microbiology or whatever. So she'd be able to connect me with resources from relevant experts in the field or latest books that had just come out. And she'd always like go to one of her huge shelves and pull out a volume and right. show me exactly what I needed to see. <laughs> That's amazing. So, I mean, you got inspired. You, you were going to be an apologist. I mean, they do a lot of speaking. So what did what did you do to prepare for that type of thing? I've heard you speak. You're very dynamic. You were at, at our uh, boot camp this year, and we got great feedback from, from our campers. They loved your talks. They loved your content, you a lot of content that you uh, put together yourself, brand new stuff for critical thinking, how to get through university, you know, that type of thing. But uh, yeah, how'd you get started speaking? Right. Well, I knew that I had to do some sort of public speaking. So I started like looking into courses on how to get better at speaking and everything right. like that. I started volunteering at conferences just so I could hear the apologetic speakers. And I got to like introduce the speakers and some of those oh, concepts okay. and just get used to standing in front of people, even though just the introductions themselves were super nerve wracking. Right. And then when I was 17, I did my first apologetics talk with my dad at a homeschool family camp. 17? Yeah. Wow. What did you speak about? Uh, false teaching and how to look out for it and basically a critical thinking talk. Okay, so, so yeah. logic skills and all that stuff. Those mm -hmm. things you shared at our camp this year, which were, were awesome. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. You're all excited about apologetics. You realize obviously then the story of evolution is the number one narrative that basically counters scripture, right? I mean, if, if evolution's true, I grew up as an atheist and this is the way I used to think anyway, if evolution is a fact, I have a way of explaining everything without God. So when Christians would approach me and say, Hey, Kyle, you want to go to Bible study? You want to go to church? It, it meant nothing to me. I was like, ah, oh, you're a religious person. If you were born in India, you'd probably be a Hindu. This is the way I thought. So you were making all these connections. So you decided, okay, if evolution is the number one challenge, you're going to go to university and study evolution. Wow, you're a brave girl. So <laughs> how did that go? How did, how did you get involved in the university and stuff? Yeah, for sure. So I learned about a school I wanted to go to out in uh, the west part of Canada. Right. So I got to campus and I'm hoping that I'm going to survive the system and everything like that. So yeah. I wanted to study biology and just general science. So I had to take all the basic first year classes. Right. So I get to bio class and the teacher mentioned like, oh, there's not a single fact against or a single piece of evidence against evolution. So right. I was like, well, yeah, I heard it would be like uh. this. <laughs> and then I had a, another class where even before we went to the first lecture, the prof emailed all the students and said, by the way, if you don't think that humans are evolved beings from like these tiny little mammals, then you should consider that this isn't the best class for you to take. Wow. So I thought, oh, what's this going to be like? So I get in there and yeah, he's in kind of making fun of creationists and questioning Jesus's existence, saying wow. that, you know, you may as well be teaching your kids about Santa Claus if you are teaching them about Jesus and just things like that. So, right. yeah. so we, we hear these stories. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, Answers in Genesis has a whole network that, you know, monitors what the atheists and, and, and we get testimonies and people, but you've actually experienced this and this was quite recent here in Canada. So we're not making this stuff up. No. You walk through the fire, so to speak. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I wasn't planning to take full on evolution courses because, you know, I figured why I threw myself in the lion's den that 
way. But right. then one kind of cool thing led to another. And there's this evolutionary biology class that was the only bio class that fit in my timetable that year. So it's right. like, I guess I'll take it. Yeah. And then kind of a cool story that confirmed that was I mentioned to some friends of ours, some homeschoolers that I wanted to take this evolution class. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we just found this textbook in a dumpster. So they pull this textbook out of the dumpster like that they found. Yeah. And it was the textbook that I was going to need for my class, but just really? like an older version of it. So I, yeah, I got to have kind of a preview of the things that I was going to be learning mm. and prepare for that. So, so did you and Dr. Helder go over that, what they were going to teach? Did you look I, into that? I would have gone to her after, like as I was going through the class right. and like any new kind of concepts. But yeah, that was just like a good preview for a while. Like there's actually like an entire chapter in this book that's talking about creationism from like the other side. So, oh, neat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I heard you describe it, uh, you felt like you were in, in an enemy boot camp. You're kind of like covert ops, right? You're undercover. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting. And I know uh, one of our, uh, uh, one of the attendees of our boot camps over the years, Jesse Moretzky, he yeah. spoke, you, you met Jesse, he spoke at our camp. And of course he's at, in third year at Brock University right now. And, uh, and he's sitting under the same thing you, you sat under, right? And so he actually emailed me several, uh, several months ago, I get this, this email and it's got a picture of Heckel's embryo drawings. Now, you know, the famous forged Heckel embryo drawings from 140 years ago, they were still being used at Brock university. And, and he sends me this email. He's in a lecture at Brock and they're still using this fraudulent information. Did you encounter that type of stuff as well? I saw, I don't remember if I saw the actual like Heckel's drawings, but right. we definitely talked about the comparative embryology and how that's right. like evidence for evolution and just some of the main classes ones you hear like that yeah, so yeah. yeah i did i did hear all those all those classic arguments for sure now now we do the boot camps and of course answers in genesis has a full range of you know resources that you you've looked at and, and and things like that to prepare people but even with all that preparation even with a phd mentor was it a cakewalk not at all no like yeah. you can study all the resources you can you can memorize as much as you can and like learn yep. the arguments. But the thing is, is there's always going to be new information that you haven't heard before, or maybe something that was just discovered. So a headline comes out like, oh, scientists just found this out and it might not have been addressed earlier. Right. So you need to have some critical thinking skills as well that you can use to go through any new information that challenges your faith and think, okay, how do we really logically break this down right. and compare it to scripture and pull out anything that's not actually a fact? And how do we consider what assumptions are being used here and what interpretations and then just get down to, okay, is there another explanation? How would someone like my mentor, Dr. Helder, look at this information and come to a biblical conclusion? So right. it was really learning tools like that that was really valuable for me. So the, the moral of the story is that you can't always have an answer for everything. And then what do you do if, if information gets presented to you that doesn't seem, it, it's been interpreted according to an evolutionary worldview, it doesn't seem to fit with scripture. And that's one of the, the talks I thought was just so brilliant at the, at the boot camp is it's, it was called critical thinking. And you've, you've got this whole process. So you developed that just going through it. It wasn't somebody that came along and said, here, follow these seven steps right. and this is the way to do it. So, so you've actually gone through it. You figure this stuff out and you're really excited about teaching other people about it, right? Yes. And I think you're fully qualified to do so because you've, <laughs> you, you've been there, so to speak. Now, one of the most interesting things about you that I, I found out is what you did after university. 
And so, so tell us about that. What, what inspired you to do this amazing trip that you did? Tell us about the trip right. and what inspired you. Yeah, so after I graduated, I knew I wanted to write resources to help other Christian students get through secular education. Right. Because the critical thinking process and just the tools that I realized were so useful to me and just some things yeah. like having a mentor, all this stuff was really valuable for me. So I wanted to know how to get the message out to other students right. and also are other students having these similar experiences and finding similar results. So I knew also that I wanted to do missions and travel. I loved adventure. I yep. really wanted to see some other parts of the world. So I was trying to figure out how all these things fit together. Yeah. And I also was working on doing writing and getting a blog set up so that I could start communicating some of these messages. Right. So as I'm wondering, you know, maybe where can I go to write about what it's like to be a Christian student in some other countries? Right. Because I'd heard about some some different documents. There was a resolution that uh, Parliament of Europe passed that was right. challenging creationism in education. So talking so, about how it's dangerous. So this is a group of countries yes. that are actually putting out a public declaration against the teaching of creation. That's right. It's called uh, Resolution 1580 from the Parliamentary Assembly of the Council of Europe. It was passed in 2007. It's called The Dangers of Creationism in Education, or <laughs> that, that idea. Yeah. And it's talking about how like fundamentalists are going to be affecting human rights and everything like that. Right. So really, it's things that have been responded to many times through websites like Answers in Genesis, but they are very adamant about it. this must be taught in public schools, it has to be evolution. Right. And they mentioned this other document that over 68 national and international academies have signed pledging to teach evolution in their public schools. Right. So I looked up that document and I saw this list of all these countries and Canada was on there, wow. as well as many other nations, both in Western and non-Western contexts, because we're, we're always hearing about how evolution and and the compromise of Genesis is affecting churches in the West, right. but it goes way beyond Western culture. Mm -hmm. Well, I was, obviously as these other countries, uh, you know, start developing and they get universities in there. What's the first thing they're going to put in? Because yeah, humanism is based on the concept that uh, we're evolved beings. There is no God, etc. Atheism being the bedrock of that and the story of evolution being the way that we can explain how we got here without God. So, okay, so you've got this kind of list of countries now. Is this almost like a target list for you? Is that, is that the way you were Pretty looking at much, it? Pretty much, yeah. So yeah. I really wanted to focus on Europe and also maybe some places in that experience like Eastern spirituality, right. because I knew that Eastern spirituality has evolutionary ties. So it's very much pushed in Western education right. as well. Right. Reincarnation so, as in spiritual evolution, well, physical evolution, they don't have a problem with it, right? Yeah, exactly. Even some of my own classes, they were pushing the meditation and kind of Zen Buddhist stuff. So, yeah. so I wanted to learn about that. And I wanted to also talk to students in Europe and see how the ideas that they believe in school and that they grow up hearing is affecting their cultures. Right. So I made a map of the world and I shaded in all the countries that have pledged to teach evolution right. and I colored them all in red and I looked at the map after it and there's this red band that wraps all the way around the planet. <laughs> so then I started thinking like, obviously I can't travel that far. That's just ridiculous. But then I started thinking about it a little more and like, oh, actually it would be really cool to go to Australia and I yeah. know someone in Japan, maybe I could get there. Right. So then I started putting this idea together, like what if I could actually travel around the whole planet interviewing Christian students about how they keep their faith in secular education. Right. And I could be away from Canada for 180 days without losing health care and benefits like that. Okay. So I thought, hmm, maybe I can see if I can just travel 360 degrees around the world in 180 days. Wow. There's a, there's a book about that, isn't there? Uh, around the world in, in, in 80, 80 days. days. So you did in 180 days. 180 days, that's right. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. Yeah, and I've, I've heard that and it's on your, your website, you know, 360 and 180. That's the mission trip that you took. And so God just inspired you to do this. You did it all by yourself. 
did you make up your own itinerary? Did you just make it up as you go along? What, what did you do? Absolutely made it up as I went along. Wow. I'm really bad wow. at planning. So I knew that I wanted to go to Australia, so I kind of booked a ticket there. And I learned that to get into a country on a one-way ticket, all you have to do is show that you have a one-way ticket out of the country. So I figured, okay, I just have to plan one country ahead and let God <laughs> direct my steps. So yeah, I started writing people wherever I could think of that I had friends of friends or cousins of cousins who I might be able to stay with and just yeah. started inviting myself different places. And wow. yeah, one step at a time, God. Your parents must be incredibly faithful believers <laughs> and must have been praying for you a lot. They, they're they pretty great people. Yeah, yeah, they're very supportive, but also praying quite heavily. I bet. I bet. Okay, so you started off and the first country you went to was Australia, is that right? Well, first I started in Canada, actually, okay. because I wanted to compare Canadian students' answers to the questions that I was right, asking right. with people in different countries and then just to collect some baseline data, basically. Mm -hmm. But then, yeah, so I started in Canada, talked yeah. to students there, tried to get a sense of what other Canadian students are experiencing, and then I went to Australia. Right. Okay, yeah. so you, you landed in, in uh, the, the land where they talked funny. Oh, I've been there. Right. <laughs> and how long did you spend in, in Australia? I was there for about three weeks. Three weeks? Oh, that's yeah. good. Great. And what was your next next tour? Well, after that, I went to New Zealand. Okay. Yeah. And then they talk funny there too. <laughs> it was pretty great. Yeah. And then from there, I went to the Philippines. So that was my first experience in a non-Western country in this right. project. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. And then from there, I went to Japan for a week and wow. then to Thailand for a few weeks. And then that one wasn't on the list of nations that have pledged to teach this this educational right. like evolution, but it was also like a very spiritual country in the Buddhist sense. So I was able to learn a lot about there that actually did tie back to evolution in some right. other ways. Yeah. Yeah. And also just hearing the Christian student stories there was related to... So every one of these countries, you're, you're meeting with Christian students and, and what are you asking them? Did you have like an agenda in a sense that... Like there's a purpose yes. behind all this. I, yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. So I had four questions that I ended up asking people in all the places I went, both Christian students and also campus ministry leaders. If there's maybe a young adults pastor or a Christian professor or chaplains from the universities, yeah. anyone who could comment on being a Christian at campus, I wanted to talk to them. Yeah. So I asked four questions. Right. What are the challenges of being a Christian student here? What are the opportunities of being a Christian student right. here? So I wanted the encouraging things as well as the negative things. Yeah, yeah. And then what's your advice for a first-year Christian student coming to campus? And finally, what are your ideas about how the church can support Christian students better? Right. So those are the four questions I asked. Yeah, interesting. And mm -hmm. so you went to a total of 17 countries, including Canada, yep. right? Mm -hmm. Different parts in Canada. So 17 countries. So you start collecting all this data. Did you start to see some similarities come out? What, what, what was the conclusion of your, your yeah, track here? Yeah, absolutely. What was really cool is the different countries I went to, I was expecting there to be differences within the challenges that Christian students face, because that makes sense. And right. there were, of course, like if you grow up in a closed communist Buddhist country, right. you're going to have a lot of different challenges being a Christian there than if you go to church in small town New Zealand your whole life. Right. So those were different for sure. Yeah. But what was really cool is even though people answered the first two questions differently, a lot of similarities showed up in how people answered the last two questions. So what's your advice for another Christian student and how can the church support students more? Right. So those are the solutions. Yeah. So what was cool is the challenges and the problems in different countries are diverse, but the solutions are very, very similar. I mm. saw so many repeating patterns and they tied back to things that I found valuable as a student myself. Right. So that showed me my experience wasn't isolated and the solutions that I found valuable, which are really related to Answers in Genesis and the ministry here, here right. are things that would make a huge difference around the world, Western huh. cultures, non-Western cultures. So that was exciting because 
it showed me that if churches and families and ministries can focus on just these key strategic solutions and they're like really practical things yeah. that could make a difference for the future of the church around the world right. because we're equipping the youth. Well, that's fantastic. So, okay. So you've done all this. What are the solutions? Tell everybody, what, what are we supposed to be doing? Absolutely. So after I graduated myself <laughs> from university, I decided that there must be three types of foundations that Christian students need to get through the sort of thing that I'd just gotten through. Right. So one is spiritual foundations. Yeah. So I considered that having a close personal walk with God. Mm -hmm. So you need to know what the Bible says. You need to have a consistent prayer life. Right. So, so many of the campus ministry leaders I talked to in different countries said yeah. that they see all the time students who have grown up in the church, but they get to campus and they don't actually know what the gospel is or how to articulate what the Bible teaches. Right. They don't know how to open up the Bible and read it for themselves. So knowing God's word equates to knowing God because that's how he reveals himself to us, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. And there was a study back in 2009 or roundabout there called the National Survey of Youth and Religion. Yeah. And they found out also that um, if students have a consistent prayer life, they're reading scripture, faith is an important part of their everyday life, they have a way higher chance of maintaining strong Christianity or like religion into young adulthood. So that also confirmed what I'd experienced and right. what Christian students were seeing around the world. So that's number so, one. That's yeah. a spiritual foundation. I mean, that's a bedrock of, of Christian faith, obviously. So mm -hmm. from there, what, what was next? Yes. So the second one was uh, the importance of what I call intellectual foundations. So that's having your apologetics knowledge base, being right. able to answer questions that challenge your faith. Okay. So that's important. But then also the other side of that is the critical thinking skills so that when you do hear the new information that challenges your faith, you're able to process it, say, okay, what does the Bible say about this? Right. What does logic say? And yeah. go through it like that. So critical thinking skills and apologetics is all part of the inner intellectual foundations. Would you agree? Because I think this is so important. I think a lot of people think, oh, apologetics, that's so I can go argue with other people. It's like, no, no, no. Apologetics, to me, I believe the number one thing is to strengthen the church itself, which also means yourself. I mean, when you go through those arguments, your faith gets stronger because now you go, hey, there is, a, is an answer to this and there is an answer to that. And you finally get to the point, and I've seen this with a lot of people, and I think I went through the same thing, is that when I do get new information now, I don't sweat it. I'm not sitting there going, oh boy, they, they came up with something that seems to be challenging the scripture. I'm like, yeah, I know I can trust God. I know I can trust his word because you can't know everything, right? But uh, the, the, is that, would, you, would you agree with that? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it, it emboldens your own faith. Okay, so obviously having that strong spiritual foundation, the authority of the word of God. Boy, mm -hmm. I've heard that somewhere before. I think it was Ken Ham that taught me that too. Um, the second thing is apologetics, knowing how to defend your faith. And then that helps you also equip you to share the gospel more effectively. I mean, if you feel ill-equipped to defend your faith, you're probably not going to share it very much. What's the third thing? Well, that one was cool because the third thing came up every single culture I went to in every context. Right. Because things like apologetics, that's really important, but you're going to encounter the need for that more in certain faculties that you're studying more than others. Right. But the last one people said was important no matter who they were or what they were studying or where I went. Yeah. And that is what I call interpersonal foundations. So that's having a strong Christian support network all the way through your schooling. Yeah. So that includes family, if you have Christian family, uh, godly peers, especially if they believe the same like yeah. biblical teaching, and then mentors, absolutely. Right. And a local church. Um, some professors were telling me, Christian professors, that not attending a church is the biggest mistake students make. Right. And then another big one that came up all over was the importance of having godly mentors who are older than you in mm. your life. Right. So, Yeah. So we are so excited to have you on board with Answers Genesis Canada because 
um, the way I look at you is you're kind of our millennial missionary to Canada. I mean, we're going to get you into every youth group, every young adult group, uh, and, and seniors groups, because, you know, I, I've even mentioned that to pastors already, and they, they're looking at me like, well, what, well why are we going to send a 24-year-old and talk to our seniors groups? Well, you mentioned to me that one of the heart cries you heard over and over again was younger people wanting older Christian mentors, right? Absolutely. And, and you want to go tell these these people that, right? That, that, what, what, what's your, been your experience with, with seniors and, and, and things like that in church? Yeah, for sure. So as soon as I started talking to Christian students right in Canada. Yeah. That was the first theme I uncovered from those interviews is that students want and need connections to godly older adults in their life. Right. And I could totally resonate with that both because I had Dr. Helder as a mentor yeah. and also as I was going through my campus ministry as a student yeah. at, at my university, there was this guy who was involved with him. He's like in his 80s yeah. and he would have us Christian students over to his house every week and his wife would feed us an awesome meal and then he'd just have us for Bible study and he'd just tell us stories of all the cool things that God had did for them. And that just like really activated our faith. Right. So I was like, yeah, students need like older people in their life. Yeah. So then as I kept traveling, that was such a huge theme that kept coming up. Yeah. And I remember one story that was really powerful for me is I talked yeah. to this Christian student in Japan and he said it was so hard to be a Christian there. Right. And they... They don't have like the basis for God's word and they're thinking so much sort of like Canada, we've lost that foundation right. as well, but it's rather amplified there. So he was saying even in elementary school, his teacher was just really right. getting after him for being a Christian. Wow. But he said that he would have lost his faith because it was so hard, except that the elders in his church were really supportive and they would encourage him from the Bible. They'd use the story of Elijah on Mount Carmel to remind him that he wasn't alone. Right. And they would tell him stories about how God had gotten them through hard times in their faith as well. Wow. So, yeah. And then a, another campus ministry leader I spoke with in Holland said that, yeah, like mentorship is also super important. And she defined a mentor as anyone who has a story of God's faithfulness to share. Huh, so you don't have to feel like you need to have some sort of like super story exactly, or anything like that. Yeah. Fancy degree. Just if you have a testimony of how God has been faithful to you, that can really encourage another student's faith. So these right. are practical things. If we can just connect older and younger people a little more. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Oftentimes we kind of feel obligated to separate age groups out, right. but what that does is it cuts off mentorship. Yeah, I've actually seen that, uh, you know, in, in churches where, you know, in the morning people walk in and the quote unquote old people go to one place to, to you know, listen to hymns and the young people go to listen to, you know, cool hip worship or whatever. And, and, it, and it just does really seem segregated in that way. So, so, so you're totally willing to go into seniors group and share your testimony and, and, and share that with people to say, yeah, these young people are looking for mentors, right? I would love to. Yeah, yes. well, that's great. Yeah, so here you are. I mean, really, you've gone on this kind of circuitous <laughs> journey here, and now you're back with Answers in Genesis. And so tell us how you came to know about Answers in Genesis Canada even launching. We're a pretty new ministry here in Canada, right? Yeah, so, well, sure. so how'd that come about? Well, I'd kind of heard in passing that Answers in Genesis Canada had gotten started, but right. um, I didn't know a lot about it. Yeah. But then I got back from my travels. I had just like two days in Alberta that I was going to spend there. And then right. I was going to go try to find anywhere I could to start speaking about what I learned and try to get the message out. Right. So in those two days, I went to visit this amazing lady who's one of the other cool older connections God has brought into my life. Yeah. And she's a prayer warrior. Yeah. So she said, Oh, Patricia, like I've been praying for you that God would have the right organization for you to work for like <laughs> an umbrella. And I was like, Oh no, 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 no. I'm not planning on settling down and working for an organization. Like I want to keep traveling and speaking and writing and doing You're the apologetics. Adventurer. That's right. Yeah. 
So I was like, maybe just pray that I'd find like the right places to get the message out. And she was like, oh, okay. So glad I caught that. (laughs) And then, um, yeah, so I thought that I kind of forgot about that. But then a little while later, as I was trying to find places to speak, I was able to speak at actually the homeschool conference where I first heard Ken Ham. So that was pretty cool. Right. And then after that, my last presentation that I was able to line up was for my friend's grandparents in their living room. (laughs) You'll speak anywhere, right? That's right. So at that morning, I got a text from my mom. And what had happened was she went to a homeschool conference where she just moved to near Ottawa. Yeah, I know this part of the story. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. So before she went, she knew that um, you were going to be there. Right. And a friend of hers had said, oh, say hi to Calvin Smith. So I was like, oh, sure. Yeah. So she goes to the conference and starts talking to you, which she wouldn't have done if her friend hadn't told her to. Right. Yep. And then she mentioned my blog and then you were able to look at what I'd written about my travels right. on there. Yeah. So then that's- Oh, I, I remember. I was just walking through, you know, it was one of the breaks between one of the sessions and I heard, hi, Calvin. And I turned around, it was your mom. And then, of course, the same thing happens all the time. I'm looking at your mom and I'm going, I know this lady, but where do I know her from? Right. And of course, you guys had been in Edmonton or they had- yeah. And, uh, and so now it's completely out of context and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then, yeah, I remember her, um, mentioning you mentioning the fact that, cause I think what I was talking about is that whole mentorship concept. And she said, well, my, my daughter, and she'd been mentored by this, this, you know, Dr. Margaret Helder, I knew right. who, who uh, Dr. Helder was. And I looked at your blog and it was like, wow, like she put this together and she was like, yeah. And I started scrolling through your content and I was like, okay, I got, I got touch with her Um, because obviously you had definitely been able to absorb the information that Answers in Genesis had, you know, inspired you with, but then articulate it and and in a framework of your own personal context. I was like, wow, this is great. And so we got in touch and uh, long story short, and and here you are. That's right. And the really funny thing was, is that when my mom went back to talk to her friend and said, yeah, I said hi to Calvin Smith for you. She was like, I don't know him. (laughs) She was joking the whole time, but my mom took her very seriously. And so, yeah, I was just looking back at such a God story and pretty hilarious how it God's providence is just just incredible. But anyway, so you're excited Mm -hmm. about the ministry? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Well, that's great. We've we've actually already got uh, uh, events for you lined up. Nice. And I was speaking last night and uh, and on Saturdays well and immediately when i've mentioned the fact that we have a brand new speaker especially someone um you know i'm the old guy i get up there and people are like yeah 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 he's, he's been doing this for a while but someone like yourself that's just come out of that university situation it's not theoretical it's not you've done it and this is what really i saw at the camp when the young people were there is you so connected with them because they were like okay it's not 30 years down the road it's not 40 years it's not somebody telling me things that they maybe aren't experiencing. You've just experienced it real life right now. And so I think that's the power of the, the message you're going to be able to bring. Uh, with all the, the, the other great things that Answers in Genesis obviously teaches. Because if it wasn't for that, you wouldn't have really been inspired. You'd still be maybe thinking that uh, creation was just all about fossil collections. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. And uh, so people can get a hold of us uh, here at AnswersInGenesis.org. Uh, obviously, if you contact us in Canada, um, all our contact information is there and you can look up events. And so you're available to go speak for family days at churches, uh, youth groups, young adults, seniors groups, women's conferences, you name it, you're ready to go, right? All the above. I'm yeah. in. Yep. Yeah. Sign me up. That's awesome. And so also uh, people can access your information because your whole 360 and 180 story 
is, is you're, you're just unfolding that on your blog so people can go to the Answers in Genesis Facebook, a Canada Facebook page. They can access that information. You're on Instagram. You got your own Facebook page and, and uh, your own blog and people can see that because um, there's so many things that you've mentioned to me already that people like some of the great God stories that just happen. T- tell us a couple right. of them be- before we go. Just some of the things the way God provided for you when you decided to do this crazy trip around the world. Yeah, tell us some stories. Totally. So yeah. I knew that apologetics was one way you can know God is real and that the Bible is true. Right. But personal experience is also so cool to build your faith and also the faith of other people. Like right. I was learning about being a mentor. Yeah. So now like it's awesome to be able to have some of those stories myself. Yeah. So a little bit of context is that when I was growing up and starting to develop my own walk with God, yeah. it was really missionary biographies that wanted made me want to get to know God that way myself. Right. Like when I was reading these stories of these crazy people that just went off on these wild adventures with God and didn't know what they were doing and how God provided for them. I was like, wow, I want to do that. <laughs> so I want to know God that way myself. So yeah. that's what I wanted to go out and do as part of this trip. Yeah. So it was just total, like I'm relying on God for finances and to just get around and to provide the next steps, the contacts, right. everything. So I get to Australia and I'm starting to worry about, okay, how am I going to finance the rest of my travels? Cause I'm just going like, like the missionary George Mueller, he, he was just trusting God for everything. And that's what I wanted to do. Right. So but I also didn't want to run out of money and have to stop my trip. <laughs> so I'm kind of like trying to figure out how much I'm going to be able to do. So, and so then, just, just so everybody's getting yeah, contact. Sure. This is totally self-funded. Yeah, you you didn't sure. have anybody. In, so you're a no. self-funded missionary just going to go around the world. Do Okay. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going with that. I get to Australia and I'm on a train and this lady comes and sits beside me and she turns out to be a Christian. Yeah. And I tell her a little bit about my trip and she's like, you know, that verse about God providing for sparrows, like that's for you. He's just going to provide for the rest of your trips. So I was like, wow, that's cool. Yeah. And then a conductor came by and told her to switch seats because she'd sat down by mistake next to me. So really? I was like, wow, thanks God. <laughs> so then a few days later, I'm in New Zealand Yeah. and I find that like groceries are a lot more expensive there than they were in Australia, public right. transport is expensive, accommodation, the cost is adding up. Yeah. So I'm just like, okay, God, like I need you to help me out here. Yeah. So as I was walking to church my second day in New Zealand, I just started praying like, Lord, I just ask for daily bread. Yeah. And I meant that figuratively. Course, it's yeah. like in the Lord's prayer. But then I get to church and I interview a student there. And then after it, she gives me this bag and I look inside and it's got two loaves of bread in it. <laughs> so, <I was> like, <laughs> so people should learn that when you pray to the Lord, he's gonna, he might take you literally. <laughs> he has a sense of humor for sure. So it's like, I see what you did there, God. Yeah, yeah. So I go and I'm living off of peanut butter and jam sandwiches in New Zealand for like three days. Yeah. And then on the fourth day, I am just talking to this guy and he leaves mumbling something about coffee. And then he comes back and gives me another loaf of bread. <laughs> I was like, wow, God, seriously? Yeah. So I go and I slice it up and I go to put it in the freezer where the rest of the bread was, but the last of the other two loaves was gone. So I don't know if someone took them or threw them out, but right when I ran out, God provided more. Wow. So I was like, that's what daily bread means. I get it, Lord. Cool. <laughs> so that was definitely one of my favorite stories. Right. And then just like a couple of days after that, I was walking in a downpour and this this car pulls up beside me and the lady's like, hey, do you need a ride? So it's just a nice elderly lady by herself. So I yeah. thought, mm, she's probably not going to kill me. <laughs> so I hop in the car with her and she turns out to be a Christian. Right. And she's like, yeah, you can stay with me. So she just had me over wow. into her house and it was just a really cool like the divine Lord appointment. The Lord just provided all the way yeah, through. Yeah. So this 
this was like story after story, like all the way around the world. Like yeah. there was times I was like, I didn't know where I was going to sleep that night. Didn't know where, what country I was going to go to the next day. Right. Like all these things like that. I got like lost and stranded and showing up at the wrong airport for things. And it was, I'm really disorganized. So it was just God bailing me out <laughs> time after time. It's just seeing that I could count every problem as an opportunity to trust him was really cool for my faith. So right. now I'm excited to be able to tell other students those stories and hopefully be able to encourage their faith the same way that those biographies encourage mine. Right. Yeah, because those personal experiences with God are so powerful, especially to us as Christians. But, you know, we live in such a cynical culture now that um, that's not the only way we can share the gospel, right? We, we need, you know, I think uh, one apologist said, you, you need a lot of keys on your ring as you, as, as you go to share the gospel with people. Because I know sometimes here in Canada, you know, with the, with the, with the rise of the, that atheistic kind of cynical humanistic faith, you know, you can tell people, well, I've, I've experienced God's providence and they'll just be like, yeah, you ever watch a movie? Yeah. You ever cry when you see a movie? Yeah. Wasn't real, was it? So it just doesn't, you know, you've, you've got to somehow have some, well, it's like the Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, strength, soul, and mind. There's, there's this broad spectrum and you've experienced that. You've experienced God's providence. He's given you those intellectual foundations. You obviously had, had a loving family and, and a group of Christians that were praying for you. And so you can bring all that to bear. So, well, thanks for taking the time, Patricia. We really appreciate it. Totally. And uh, hopefully people will take advantage of uh, having you to come speak to the church. Thanks. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. To learn more about my story, about my 360 and 180 mission around the world, and about how you can defend your faith, you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Every week, I'll be releasing a brand new article and video documenting my journey and sharing the critical thinking skills and apologetics materials that Answers in Genesis produces. These are the materials that helped me and can help other Christian youth keep their faith in secular classrooms and cultures.